Greetings, all. Welcome to Aquarian Diary. I'm your host, John Irving. It is July 22nd, 2023. I am very pleased to present the following conversation with Deborah Lupien. She has a channel called Voice of the Akashic Records here on YouTube. This was recorded on July 21st. The conversation should be quite self-explanatory. It doesn't require a lot of introduction. I think you'll find that there are quite a few nuggets within this conversation that are very interesting and pertinent. I'll be publishing this in two parts, so please check to make sure you're subscribed to my YouTube channel and that you have notifications turned on if you wish to be alerted when I publish part two of this conversation. Also, if you're interested in a reading with me, I'll include links to that, as well as, of course, to Deborah's channel in the episode description. Again, I hope you find this interesting, and we always look forward to your feedback, questions, comments, or suggestions, which you can make under the video. Many thanks, Deborah, on behalf of myself and my listeners for taking the time to have this conversation. Very sincerely appreciated. Thank you. So welcome, Deborah. How are you? I'm terrific. How are you? Great. Thank you. Um, some of my viewers may not be familiar with you. So, of course, I need to ask you to tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, and what you do. Sure. Well, I am the official voice of the Akashic Records because that's what Metatron told me I was, <laughs> which was an astonishment to me, but okay, so I accept. And I'm an author. I have a YouTube channel. I've written uh, four books now that were mostly channeled. The first one was to teach people about the Akashic Records because they are your user manual. And if you don't know you have a user manual, you can't use it. So all of us have this amazing user manual that we can access. And a big part of my mission is helping people to know that, to start to use it. And now as we're moving into this new fourth dimensional beingness, it's all about preparing ourselves for the battle to come, which is a psychic battle. And we've, I think we talked about that a little bit. And also self-care, because we've got to prepare. We've got to be strong, centered, solid, and ready to go. So those are huge messages that are coming through right now. And how long have you uh, been doing this kind of stuff? And when did you start your channel? By the way, it's called Deborah Lupian, Voice of the Akashic Records, correct? Yes. Uh -huh. So I first got trained to read Akashic Records in 2014, and I've been going since then, and the channel came right about the same time. So you you started your YouTube channel way back then? 2014, yeah. Wow, that's incredible. I was this big introvert. I would not get on camera, and I was working with this coach who found me on Twitter, and I wouldn't even get on camera just to have a conversation with her because I did not like being on camera. So she helped yeah. me, and... Um, Next thing I know, I'm making YouTube videos and sharing about the Akashic Records. Uh, you mentioned that you've written a, a few books. Uh, they're all in these similar themes or topics? Yeah, the first one was um, Akasha Unleashed, the missing manual to you. So that's the quick start guide to what the Akashic Records are and how to use them. And then uh, Metatron gave me this 21-day meditation challenge 
And the whole point of it was just to show up, be there and see what comes through. When he gave it to me, I didn't know it was going to become a book. I just thought he and I were doing this challenge together. But at the end of it, it, because I'd kept notes all along, it was very clear this was meant to be a book. And the answer to my question of how do I teach people to channel? Because everybody does it differently. And it's really hard to quantify that into a course. So bam, he gave it to me in the form of my experience going through the 21 days. Then I took the first beta group through it. And the things that happened during that process were just astonishing. And then after that, we've got the um, little book of meditations, which are 18 downloaded meditations from the angelic realm. And they're all about helping us with what we're going through right now. So there's a meditation for everything. And it had to be 18 because 18 is a sacred number. Very interesting. So how did you... Do you remember when you initially connected with Archangel Michael? I have a particular interest in this because I have connected with Archangel Michael literally every day for many, many, many years in my own spiritual practice. Mm -hmm. I'm not, by the way, coming from a Christian kind of background, but as a being or an entity, I've just always been attracted to his energy. And, and the fact that he offers a protection is a benefit too, of course. Yeah, it's that iron spine of strength, I think, that people are attracted to Michael for. So when I first started, I used to get Michael, Gabriel, Uriel, and sometimes Raphael. They would come and they would give me all the stuff. And so that went on for some period of months. And then one day it was, it was Jesus came in. And then at some point it shifted to Metatron. And I was very confused because their energy felt very similar. And, and, and I'm asking them, I don't understand. You've got to explain this to me. Are you the same soul? Yes, they are the same soul. Oh. So then I learned that Archangel Metatron, of course, has been around since the very beginning because he's in charge of the Akashic Records. So before any of us existed, there was Metatron and there was the records. And then each of us came along and got our own archives. So what happened is that because Metatron is in charge of humanity, essentially, because managing the records... He sits at the right hand of God, and he has come in human form multiple times over the centuries to have the human experience so that he can help us at a deeper level. Uh -huh. So he came as Jesus. He came as several other well-known spiritual teachers, and he's also come as some obscures just to deepen his own experience. So working with Metatron, there's this tremendous love that comes through. It is so powerful, so visceral that one day it just split my heart chakra open. I mean, I could feel it. It was like, whoa, like this big peony had burst forth out of me and all of this love flowing, which was not who I was ever before. This is a transformation that happened because of Metatron and all the love that comes pouring through. I have read or heard elsewhere that Metatron had been, was one of the few or only archangels that had been incarnate. I don't know if that's true multiple, or not. Well, multiple times, but started out and still is the overseer of the record. So, you know, right. like the head angel in that respect. So, you know, he came as Jesus, came as Muhammad, came as Yogananda, um, Buddha, you know, the big teachers. So that's why the message of love that runs through all of those spiritual teachings has that familiar resonance. My connection with Metatron or experience with Metatron, there was one in particular that kind of stood out to me. And to me, he came across being rather stern, but that may be just my own failings or flaws. 
Yeah, when I first saw him, he looked like a transformer. Big, massive shoulders and kind of metallic. I was like, okay, well, that makes sense. Metatron's a transformer, right? And then other times he's come through as, as a more gentle soul. So yeah, he can come through in many different ways, depending on the situation. But he has a great sense of humor. Uh, well, so so you, did did your connection with them start to occur like in that same sort of 2014 time frame, or was that, did you have a connection to these beings uh, prior to then? When I was four, I remember talking to Jesus. So that goes way back. And it, subsequently I have seen a past life where I was with Jesus. So we had some unfinished business and he was helping me at the very beginning. But of course I didn't remember any of that until I started working in the records. And then every once in a while, they'll just give me this flash download and I'll see something of a past life, always very purposeful, helping me where I'm at and to move forward, filling in the pieces. I don't, I'm not familiar with how Metatron was, was he portrayed in the Bible? This is not my area of expertise, but does he go back to that time period? Well, some people believe that he was Enoch, but he's told me he wasn't. Okay. Was he mentioned in the Bible? I don't believe in the Christian Bible, no, but in the one of the uh, Jewish texts, I think it might be the Kabbalah, he shows up. Okay. So he is an ancient figure historically, as, as far as human history is concerned. Yeah, just a little more obscure, not as well known, but, you know, he's kind of busy, so that probably is the reason. So is he, so is he the, the primary angelic being that you communicate or connect with and work with? Since he started coming in, yeah. Yeah. So you started out with Michael and then kind of shifted to Metatron? Michael and, and the others, yeah. And it just, at some point, as I got more fluent and I was ready for more, then Metatron showed up. Now, some people think these angelic beings are kind of uh, um, extrapolations of human paradigms and ideas about the structure or the hierarchical structure of reality and so forth, right? That that they uh, emerged out of the mostly religious kind of thinking. Uh, but clearly, that's not your perspective. No, they're assisting creator. So that's their purpose. But they don't have total free will over this domain. Otherwise, they would just come here and fix everything, right? No, there are rules. They can't interfere with our free choice. They can right. help if they're asked, but they can't interfere. And even when they give us messages, they tend to give them in cryptic form, lots of metaphors. It's like sometimes it feels like they're being cagey, but they're not. They're just not allowed to give us details that could cause us to go off of our path. So we have to kind of fill in the blanks. They're giving us all these breadcrumbs and we've got to assemble all of that and understand what it means. Yeah, that's definitely been my experience. I've had quite a few readings, some of greater quality than others. But there has been a few, like there was one friend of mine who was an incredible channel and she worked with the Akashic Records and she had done readings for me many, many years ago, which are still unfolding and still unraveling. And I contemplate them all the time and I, I will listen to them periodically. And there's all these clues, there are almost hidden things in there that I have to figure out uh, on my own. And sometimes it can take years and yeah. of course, I'm like, why didn't you just, why weren't you more explicit about this? Now, clearly, 
if they had told me X, Y, or Z, it might have altered my destiny or course. Exactly. And then the other aspect of it is that part of the process is the journey to realize and understand these things ourselves directly through our experience and not just intellectually. But maybe you can comment on that. Well, we come with this pre-birth plan. And of course, the angels are privy to that. So what they're doing is they're assisting us to stay on our path to accomplish the goals that we said were important to us. Now, of course, along the way, we can change our mind and we can shift directions. And that's perfectly fine. Because even if you shift and you take a detour off the path you had chosen, you're still going to end up at the same place. That's the secret. You just have different experiences along the way. Right. So it's totally up to you. And and of course, there's a, you know, uh, as we've already t- discussed, free will is a component of this too. And like in your case, clearly you're obviously directly and intentionally working with these beings, inviting them into your life and consciousness and interacting with them and gaining uh, knowledge and information. But then there's a vast number of people out there who aren't consciously aware of these kinds of beings at all. So, you know, logically, we could infer from that that the people who are communicating with them have, have an advantage. Or is that a function of their state of evolution? Or what do you think? Well, it's a state of their awakening. Some are further along than others, and that's perfectly fine. We're all on our own timelines. And Creator says wherever you are is perfect right now. So don't stress about it. Right. But I'm I'm just curious about why some people would be consciously engaging with these sorts of beings, whereas the vast majority aren't. Well, some people say the Akashic Records find you when you're ready. Uh So until I was in my 40s, I was a very unconscious person. Right. I didn't know about any of this stuff. Didn't believe in reincarnation, any of that. 40s, you said? Yeah. Okay. And then when I was in my 50s, that's when I found the Akashic Records. And it was like the angels sang, heaven opened up and said, welcome home, baby. And life changed. Are you coming from a Christian background, like in your family environment? Well, they weren't extremely religious, but I was always drawn to it. I was the one saying, hey, I want to go and go to church. And, and I read the Bible several times through myself. So that's where I started, and I have that basis. But, you know, they've totally turned that on its head. And for me, watching Joseph Campbell's Power of Myth was the real turning point, because when he talked about how the Jesus story is not original, it was like, bam, well, then how can it be true? Because the original story otherwise makes no sense. And that was around the time you were 40? Yeah, somewhere between 40 and 50, that happened. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like in other cultures, of course, they would have different terminology and names for these beings. They might call them, they might be demigods or something like in India or whatever. And presumably these beings will just present themselves in whatever form is most suitable or acceptable to whoever they're speaking to. Like somebody who grew up in the jungle, obviously doesn't have any frame of reference for this sort of, this sort of terminology we're using here. So like I said, you would assume that that they would just present themselves in whatever form is most acceptable or palatable to people, correct? They would and they do, yeah. When I channel for people, very often images will come through that make no sense to me, but obviously it's meaningful to them. So one time I was channeling for this guy and I stepped across the threshold into the records into the dark, cold water. And it's like, oh, wow, this is different. And then that morphed into a scene from the Jungle Book, and there we're hanging out with the python and, you know, the kid, and and it was all meaningful to him. It meant something. But I was really puzzled about the water 
A year later, the guy is living on a houseboat. Interesting. Yeah. So they will use things like that and throw the clues. And he probably had that idea. It was in the, you know, the early formation. And they just brought that forward as kind of a wink and a nod. If if somebody listening wants to connect with these kinds of beings more consciously, how would you do how would you advise they do that? Meditation is the easiest way to do it. And I have tons of them on my YouTube channel. So, you know, freely use those. A guided meditation will help you get into the relaxed state that you need to be in in order to allow this to come through. The other part of it is getting ego out of the way so Mm. that you can believe what you're receiving. Because people are getting messages from their angels every day. They are jabbering at us all the time. It never stops. We just need to learn to hear them. We were taught to pray. We were never taught to learn to listen. Do you have any advice on listening? Yeah. So if you're hearing something that is scornful, that's mocking, that's criticizing you, that is your ego. If you're hearing something that comes out of the blue, it's not anything you were thinking about. It's inspiring. It's intriguing. It's probably your angels. So go with that thought that it is your angels. Follow through with whatever it is that you're being inspired to do and see what happens. Do do you have a feeling, uh, you know, uh, physiologically that uh, you could describe that you experience when you're connected to these? Like, for example, myself, when I get downloads, I call them downloads. I will get all kinds of sensations. They could be what some people call body chills or uh, tingling and things like that. So that helps me sort of know that this isn't coming from my mind or my ego. Yeah, I don't get those kind of things that that other people do. And part of it depends on how you're wired. Right. So I read your records and I go in and I I do a, a soul introduction, which goes through your matrix and talks about the aspects of your soul, your your gift your tribe, which is the planet you originated on, your soul specialty, your soul gender, and your life lessons. So I get all that and, and and explain you to you. So you and I would have different gifts. We would have different aspects. So the way that we receive information and interact is going to be different. So for me in the beginning, it was way more visual. Oh. And just the clear cognizance was always there because I always had that knowing feeling even before I realized that I was psychic, I would know things, had no idea how I knew them, didn't understand it. So that's always been there. Then the visuals came, which was really helpful doing these readings for people. And as I did it, all of the clairs started to open up. So the more you interact, the more that will shift. Now I will get sensations in my body, but they're purposeful. Like yesterday, I got like, it felt like there was a little pee in my solar plexus, and it was meaningful in the reading that I was doing. And that feeling wasn't there before. It just popped up at that moment so that it could be, you know, part of the explanation I was giving. So occasionally, I will get those things in my body, but it's a mixed bag. They will use whatever method they need to use to get the message across. Right. I have uh, often... uh... I believe I've been clear cognizant since I was a very young child. I but I tend to know things that are like really far out sometimes, years mm-hmm. and decades even. I just know, yeah. and I don't even know why I know. I just do. That's what clear cognizance is, right? Mm-hmm. So that's always been a feature for me. Um, I also get sensations in my solar plexus, which are a little bit more mysterious because I can't necessarily often 
identify what they represent, but I know that it's occurring very clearly. So it's like there's something trying to speak to me, but I can't hear it because I don't know how to interpret. I, it's a language, right? These things are almost like a language. Yeah. And you you have to learn to read them. Absolutely. You brought up something there that I find really fascinating, which is this concept of tribes, because in in a lot of the reading and things that I've learned over the years, uh, that has come up as a theme. Generally, the concept is that there are groups of souls who have similar missions or identities or p purposes, and they are aligned, and they tend to move in packs and incarnate in groups and at various times and so forth, right? But maybe you can comment on that. What's your perspective on the tribes, and how do you, and how do you identify the tribes? Well, when I do the reading, I, I have a list that I go through, and it's like, which of these are you from, so that I can explain it to the person. And sometimes you will have originated on one planet, and then at some point you leave that planet and you go to another one for some extended period of time. So there's the resonance of both of them on your soul, which is really interesting because then you've taken on characteristics of a secondary tribe that aren't part of your original soul matrix. So you've got to decide, okay, do I want to lean into those characteristics or not because they are not part of who you originally were? Yeah, I've been told that I have two major archetypes personally. Yeah. In my in my nature, uh, so that might explain why. Yeah, and when you say when you say where we originated, uh, presumably, uh, but I may be wrong. Presumably, that was a very long time ago. In most cases, first time we incarnated. Yeah, but how many? Do you have any idea how many incarnations you most like? Like for example, the people that you speak with. Do you have any idea how many incarnations they've had? Some people will ask me that question, and I always tell them, you know, math is not a strong point of <laughs> records, but I will ask, and I'll get a number for you. If you ask me next week, I might get a different number, but it'll be an approximation. So most of the people I've talked to over the last nearly 10 years tend to be in the three to 4,000 range. Oh, interesting. There are some that are less, but those are pretty rare because those would be younger souls, right. and they're probably not ready. For this kind of thing How, and do you have any sense of what the average time span is between incarnations oh it varies greatly you can come back really quickly or you can take centuries totally up to you okay like one time in a, a meditation i was given this vision of this massive translucent snake that's going around the world marking people and it's marking the souls that have reached a point of damage where they need repair before they incarnate again so they're being marked now and i'm thinking this is really weird stuff right <laughs> so then i'm taken to this island i wash up ashore in this little boat and i go and walk across this island and there's this big building and inside is einstein doing some kind of experimentation and that snake comes in it goes into this machine and it's downloading all the information so what they show me is that Einstein stopped incarnating because he was really interested in working on this project that appealed to him. So that's what he's doing for now until he's done with it. And then presumably he'll incarnate again or, you know, hang out there and do something else. Like John Denver and Maya Angelou have shown up over the past few years, and they are both working on behalf of Gaia to help her heal. So they have a whole team working on the other side assisting us to heal Gaia, which is mind-blowing. 
fascinating. Do do when you tell people or either your clients uh, what you see in their Akashic records, uh, does it typically resonate with them in some way? Most of the time, yeah, because they will show me things that are symbolic and meaningful to that person. Right. Lots of times, songs come through. Hmm. It's fascinating how they use song because song can evoke emotions, memories. Or just literal from the lyrics. Maybe there's a story behind the song. For instance, one time I got this lady and I am seeing Beethoven playing Rachmaninoff, or no, it was the other thing way around, is Rachmaninoff was playing Beethoven, which made no sense to me. But as I did some research after the reading, I discovered Rachmaninoff had been criticized by this well-known music critic and he was devastated by it to the point where he stopped playing his own music for a while. So he was playing Beethoven. And, okay, what does all that have to do with anybody's reading? Well, it turns out this lady had been a musician, and she had given it up. She'd put it aside, but it was part of her heart. It was a passion for her. She needed to reconnect. So for her, this message led her to start playing piano again. Mm. She had at some point had some kind of a trauma that caused her to stop, which was reminiscent of what Rachmaninoff went through. So it right. deeply resonated with her. And the next thing I know, she's playing with the group. Wow. And um, one of the things I've noticed is that your style, the way you present, is quite theatrical and dramatic, the way that Metatron comes through and so forth. That's definitely a, a feature or characteristic of your presentation. That That must relate to yourself personally in some way, does it? Gosh, I never thought about it. I know there's a lot of gesturing, which, you know, I'm not trying to do. It's just, it's kind of flowing through. Yeah, I meant more in the way that even the way that uh, Metatron or Archangel Michael come through, they tend to do so in a very dramatic and theatrical way. It's That's yeah. how it struck me. It's bigger than life. Yeah, yeah. It's not a criticism. It's just an observation, you know. Yeah. And I wondered if you had something to do with theater. Like, I've, I haven't seen your astrology chart, but. I, I wondered if if that was a component of your own personality that they were connecting with. Could be. I don't know. I I did um, theater when I was in high school, but okay, not so. Well, let me explain what prompted me to reach out. Now that we know a little bit about you, um, of and of course you can find out a lot more about Deborah on her channel. But uh, one of the things that caused me to reach out to you, and to me, this is like really important for a variety of reasons, um, was that like in a recent episode that you published, you were talking about this battle between the darkness and the light. And that is something that I have talked about quite a bit on my own channel too, because I have had quite a few experiences where I've had direct encounters with what I would describe as dark beings, both in the physical and non-physical realms. And uh, so to me, that's just kind of part of my paradigm. And I also think if we look at the evidence of what's actually happening in the world, it's pretty hard to deny that there, that there isn't darkness, isn't a reality. But then at the same time, there's some people will say that there's no such thing as evil. So that's a bit of a question. But there's definitely darkness. And people can consciously choose to walk the path of darkness. That is a fact I know of and have directly or indirectly encountered people who have made such decisions. So from my perspective, that's just a given. Um, but that was one of the reasons I reached out to you because 
in my experience, there's just very few people who address this kind of topic. And when I look at what's going on in the world, like these people, for example, who want to oppress and control and dominate others against their own best interest, I mean, that's darkness. <laughs> so, so, you know, to, to take away their, uh, their free will or their free rights or to deny them a healthy environment or whatever the case may be, or maybe they're just motivated by greed or money like uh, a mafia boss would be kind of thing. That to me is clearly darkness. And and it's like, to me, if at this point in time, if humanity, humanity has to come to grips with this because it's infiltrated politics, it's infiltrated uh, the economy and, and the corporate to reality and so forth. Like this is kind of like a, a critical issue. And it, it's a bit shocking to me that it's not discussed more openly, first of all, that it exists, that it's occurring. And secondly, what do we do about it? But but because you uh, have expressed things that to me made sense and were kind of aligned with my own perspective, and like I said, you seem to be quite rare, that caused me to write to you the other day, which then we had some correspondence by email, and then uh, we set up a time to do this recording. So you portray that there is actually a battle going on between darkness and light, um, and maybe you can describe your perspective of what that is, what it looks like, and what the implications are. Sure. Well, I get all my meta or my information from Metatron, and he has been talking about this battle for years. So in 2017, this message came through. It was the first time I had done a live channel session. I didn't know what was going to happen. I invited people to show up. Nobody showed up. So I'm sitting there all alone, and I'm thinking, Aww. well, do I go ahead and record, or what do I do? And I'm well, I'm here, I might as well. So I channeled this message. That was the cosmic wave of transformation, where he explained to me that there was this coming event that was going to reduce the population on Earth, because there are many souls on Earth right now who are not interested in going through this particular evolutionary chapter for humanity. So they're going to exit. So this cosmic wave of transformation is going to come. It's going to help them facilitate leaving the Earth. And those of us left behind, the light workers who chose to be here at this time to go through this process, we need to start ramping up, practicing, getting our sea legs. He talks about sea legs a lot so that we will be strong, ready to stand in our faith, love and confidence that we are ready for this, that we can do this and we can overcome the darkness. So that was kind of the beginning of it. Can I, I ask, no a, just to clarify, you said 2017 is when that occurred? Yeah. So, okay, that's uh, six years ago, roughly. Yeah. So, so the, do you, I don't lose your train of thought, but do you think that that reduction of population was, you know, the thing we went through, we were all stuck at home? Because Absolutely. that didn't actually take out that many people in the big scheme of things. It was pretty trivial. It took a lot, and there's more to come. We're not done yet. That's what I was getting at. Yeah, that has pretty big implications. Yeah, it does. No, I don't want to. I didn't want to interrupt your train of thought, but that's a very important point that I'm pretty sure people are going like, wait, what? <laughs> exactly. Well, when I got this message, I'm like, well, I don't know what the cosmic wave of transformation means, but all right. You know, Jesus one time told me that time is fungible and I'm and like, I don't know what that means or why you're telling me that, but okay. And then over time, I understood what he meant. Time really is fungible. It's not linear in the way that we perceive it to be. 
Right. But that's a whole other story. So, yeah, as we got into that that big uh, event that we had, it became crystal clear to me, oh, this is what he was talking about. The, that is the cosmic wave of transformation. And metaphorically, it is like this big wave that's going across the earth, washing people away. So for the light workers who were prepared and standing strong, they were able to withstand that and get through. It was a beginning. There's more to come. And he keeps emphasizing over and over that we light workers have angel armor that's been given to us. And I've seen the vision of all of us standing there wearing our angel armor, that we have everything we need. We will prevail. That has been guaranteed. Mm. What's not guaranteed is the timeline. It depends on how many of us show up to stand together to outnumber the darkness. And right now they are marshalling all of their forces because they're scared. We have made significant progress. They're running scared, so they are amping it out big time. So for us, it's a matter of knowing we have the power to overcome this, not going into fear and doubt, which is what they're trying to do. So he keeps saying it's a psychic battle. It's not a physical battle. It's psychic. They're trying to scare you, take you down the rabbit hole, which is what that letter that that group of people use is all about. They're using fear and doubt to trick the light workers, taking them off of their path. Mm. So you've probably witnessed it. I've certainly witnessed it. People who I thought were so spiritual. Mm. I mean, I, I thought, wow, they've got so much going on. You know, they've really got this and they got pulled into that. Absolutely. It's so disturbing to hear, to see, to experience. And I was really puzzling about this. How? How could somebody who was at such a high level of spirituality be fooled? And it finally was made clear to me, for one person in particular that that I was disturbed about, in that case, she got pulled in because of the child trafficking that they were talking about. Okay. That triggered her for some reason. So then it became very clear, okay, what they're doing, they're looking for your triggers. When they find it, then they prey upon it. They feed you enough truth to make you think that they're spiritual like you, but then they feed in the darkness. And pull you in, and the next thing, you are down this very dark tunnel, which is nearly impossible to escape from. I literally brought this topic up fairly recently um, and commented on it because, yeah, that's definitely been a theme. Uh, The BBC did a whole podcast on this called Marianne in Conspiracy Land, and she was talking about how, and and investigated this this whole thing. It was a multi-part series, you know, about people who were, like formerly hippies and things like that, who now have gone down into like really bizarre places. You know, I can't, I won't even say the words because I don't want to trigger the algorithms, but, and yeah. it's, it's quite shocking because, uh, and, and that has also caused division with sort of within certain aspects of the spiritual community, because, you know, you can't rationalize with some of these people. Yeah. And when we were talking about dark souls and light souls earlier, this is something that was very disturbing for me. And, and so I've had a few conversations with, you know, beyond about this. And what has been explained to me is don't judge them. They're walking their path. They have a different reality from you. Creator says they're still perfect souls. And I'm like, oh my gosh, as a human being, I really have difficulty with that. But as the voice of the Akashic Records, it's my job to put that aside, to still see them as the perfect souls. I just don't want to interact with them. It's just that a lot of the issues that we're facing now are literally existential. 
So it's not just a matter of philosophical disagreements. <laughs> you know, these these have really profound and serious implications. Like, for example, you know, what's happening in the United States right now, and you're an American, by the way, right? Yes. Okay. So what's happening in the United States right now will go down in the history books, be talked about for centuries, probably, because the country is like, just came so close and still is at that threshold of going down some kind of dark authoritarian path, which would completely reshape world history. I mean, you can't overstate how significant that would be for yeah. for the planet. Like, it's not just America, it's the whole planet. <laughs> so these are big issues. So yeah, I can, I can be uh, compassionate towards people. I mean, my strategy is just to ignore them kind of thing. So, you know, uh, but like I said, the consequences are very grave. Yeah, well, I keep being reminded love is the most powerful force in the multiverse. That's our weapon. That's what we use in the psychic battle. We don't fall into fear and doubt. We stay in love and light and we keep sharing that. The dark ones have the choice at any time to shift back into the light. Yeah. This is a choice, a conscious choice they're making. So if we go back to the the orange person, you know, TFG, sometime back I was given a vision of him wearing the little um, crown of, of leaves like you would see in the time of Caesar. Right. So I'm like, what are you trying to tell me? He was Caesar? No. Was he Nero? He was fiddling while Rome burned? No. So the story came out finally that um, the guy from Russia was Caesar. The orange guy was Brutus. Oh. So they have this deep karma that the two of them are working out together. They had an opportunity in this lifetime to walk the light path to resolve that dark karma. Both of them chose to stay on the dark path to go for power and greed, corruption. But the orange guy actually came with a very specific mission to expose lies, deceit, and corruption. So he did. He exposed it. We all see it now. It's clear. All that bigotry that was hidden under rocks, the corruption that we didn't know about before, it's being brought out because of him. So in that respect, he's living his purpose, but he got it all wrong going down the dark path, or at least from my perspective, it's wrong. So he'll have to deal with that. That's his business, his karma. But that's why we're going through this right now. And yes, we are teetering on the precipice. But Metatron has assured me many times, we are going to come through this victorious. It's just a matter of timing. So as we we see that going on, we can't ignore it. We need to know about it. Vote properly to deal with it. Do whatever we can from the light perspective to deal with it knowing that we will eventually be victorious. So part of of what my big mission is, is to get the word out to more people. This is here for you. The support is here for you. The angels are here for you. Lean on them. Ask them to help you. You don't have to go through this alone. And when more of us come together, Metatron calls it the apex. So when we get to the apex of the number of lightworkers on board, that will flip us over. We're like that roller coaster now being dragged up inch by inch by inch up the steep hill. And we're going to crest it. We're going to go down. And then we will go into the area that he's calling Earthtopia. Right. And I probably call the age of Aquarius. Yeah. And and because I've talked a lot about this in some episodes, quite a few actually, uh, where to me, the age of Aquarius is about people being engaged and not apathetic. I mean, effectively, if you boil it all down, the reason we have this corruption and, and these systems that are so dysfunctional and damaging is because people 
just don't do anything about it. You know, like we have really low voter turnout in many, many places. Uh, people don't can't dif differentiate between propaganda and truth and on and on and on. And it, it all comes down to personal accountability. So to me, in the age of Aquarius, because it, it does deal with global consciousness, and I talk th about this with Pluto moving into Aquarius, is that we're all working for the collective, but as individuals. That it's not that that uh, sort of like what you're describing with the apex and the teams coming together because i was going to ask you from your perspective what does that mean when when to reach that apex what has to happen is it just a matter of people being awake or do they literally have to be engaged and active somehow awake engaged putting out more love in whatever way they are compelled to do it because remember all of our souls are wired differently so the way you and I do it would be different as would be for other people. So it's each of us stepping up, doing our best to stay in love and light, not to engage with the darkness. Yeah, because, okay, so there's a fine point that I could talk about or debate uh, because like, I don't actually personally engage with, you know, let's say people on the other side of the, of the debate. <laughs> really, I don't, I just don't like, they're not really in my circle or my audience and you know, once in a while I'll get trolls and stuff like that, but you know, we all do. Um, I just don't really have much interest in doing that, but I definitely will comment a lot about these kinds of things because a lot of the people, like for example, who listen to me are very concerned about what's happening. Some people are actually quite freaked out about it because they probably sense on some level, even if it's not purely uh, intellectual, that, you know, holy crap, this is crazy. <laughs> what's happening is crazy. Like, what, what's going, like if you went back to say, the 1990s and try to explain to somebody what would be happening in 2023 they would probably say you're completely nuts yeah it's like i'm old enough to remember what reality was like <laughs> back then and we thought we had big problems back then but they are trivial compared to what's going on now well we thought we had big problems in the 70s too yeah Every generation has the problems. Right now, though, we are facing probably the biggest one that humanity has ever faced. So it's a long haul. We are going to get there. But when you talk about the people who are hearing these things and getting scared, that's what we're trying to help them get over. You don't have to be afraid. If you know that you can put on your angel armor and you can stand against all of this and you'll be fine. Because the truth is, your soul does not leave your body until it's ready to. And when it's ready to, there's nothing you're going to be able to do to stop it. True. Okay, if you get that out of the way, then what is there to be afraid about? Yeah, like personally, I'm not afraid of death. I mean, I just I just know I've, I've had that experience like thousands of times probably. So big yeah. deal. In fact, you know, life here is pretty rough. So it'd probably be a vacation compared to this. So, you know, that's my attitude. But there's a lot of people who are very afraid of that kind of thing. And that's, you know, it's understandable. But so let's talk a little bit more because I'm trying to anticipate what my listeners, I have some, a lot of really intelligent, surprisingly, surprisingly not because they're intelligent, but surprisingly because they're listening to me, um, surprisingly intelligent people who are probably already thinking like, okay, what is going, who are these darkness? How organized, how organized is the dark side? What's their agenda? Like we, you've talked a little bit about their methods, but we haven't, you know, like to me, it's quite clear. I, I could articulate my own perspective on this, but you know, you're here as a guest on my channel, so I'd like you to kind of share your thoughts about what do you think is going on here? What's what's really at play 
on Earth. And why is it so special what's happening here? I'll shut up because I could go on and on. Well, it's special because we're going through an evolution right now. We have been moving from the third dimension into the fourth dimension, as is Gaia. That's part of what's going on that we're seeing all of these catastrophic events. She's going through her own rebirthing right now, and that is manifesting as these catastrophic events. We got a preview of how fast she can heal when we were all shut down and we were not interfering with her. Look at the miracles that happened. The dolphins showed back up in the the canals of Venice. The reefs started healing. Everything was getting better for that short period of time when we left her alone to take care of herself, which is also a, a metaphor for us because we have these amazing bodies that were designed to heal ourselves as well. If we give them, give them what they need, set them up for success, we can heal. We don't have to deal with sickness, but of course, that's a whole other topic. So for us right now, it's a matter of coming into our sovereignty as souls, standing in that living the purpose that we came here to live. Right. No, that uh, is a challenge. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. That's all right. What were you going to say? Well, I was just going to say, uh, I had asked about the dark side, what their agenda is. Oh, sorry. I got what's distracted. At st- what's at stake here on earth? And what what's this battle really about? So let's go back in history. What have we seen throughout history? The powerful control the weak. They get the money. They have the power. They enslave them. They do whatever they want to them. So we could go to a place where we were all enslaved if the light workers didn't stand up and do what we came here to do. So it's the same story just being repeated over and over again at ever higher levels. So right now we have this core group of people who are all about greed and power. That's what they want to do. It's that simple. They would turn us all into chattel if they could. Yeah, it's, I mean, basically, that's what I think, that it's all just narcissism and ego. Like, it's very immature from my perspective. Like, why the hell do you want to do that to other people in the first place? But they're in a different evolution as a soul. They haven't got that yet. I mean, think about this. You got all this money and power. You can see what's happening to this world, and we only have this one to live on, yet you are making choices that's going to cause it to be destroyed and uninhabitable. Right. Why would you do that? It's going to affect you and your offspring. That's stupid. Well, I mean, some people are sociopathic or psychopathic, like they just literally don't care. But I mean, even a billionaire narcissist probably cares about their children and grandchildren. That's what I don't understand. Well, I think for them, they are living in the, the present. They're all about today. What can I get for me today? How can I expand my control today? They don't think about the future. Where do you think that desire for control and power, do you think it comes from some kind of deep wounding within these people past lives, that kind of thing, where maybe they were oh, deprived or or yeah, taken advantage of or oppressed themselves, and now they need to, they're rebelling against that kind of? Surely. I mean, just go back to the, the Putin and the, the orange guy comparison. They had the karma to resolve between the two of them. They had this great opportunity to step into the light, to do really wonderful things. And instead, they choose to go after the power and the greed again. Why do you think this? There's so like re, there's a there's still quite a significant um, phenomenon going on right now in the world where there's there's the rise of far right extremism. It's going on in many countries around the world still, even today. So it's a it's kind of a global cultural phenomenon. Why is that happening now? 
and what is it, what does that represent do you think why is there, it's like we're being polarized and i i did a whole episode on ast the astrology of polarization <laughs> well actually i just talked about i actually talked about how polarization is actually increasing you know people were hoping i think especially on the left that you know people would start to come become more sane and be co more cooperative but instead we're actually seeing the opposite in a lot of ways like there's a division almost like it's a dividing line kind of but it's a it's a, it's not just happening in the united states it's happening all over the place what do you think about that well and that's purposeful they want to divide us they have to divide us so that they can weaken us and that's why we have to understand that and resist it by staying on our own purpose so here they are they're doing everything they can because more souls are awakening right now we're in this pivotal moment where the souls are being called forward now is the time to step out of the fear of your past lives where you've been tortured mutilated and, and killed for being who you are this lifetime you came here to live fully as the soul as the light worker that you are whatever that means to you that scares the crap out of them because if we prevail what are they going to do we're going to have control of the world which is what earthtopia will be the light without control and that's the the logical next question which is let's say let's say that uh, the light side prevails what happens to the dark side they will not be in earthtopia proper with us they're always going to be around because polarity requires both sides but they're going to crawl back under those rocks they're going to be less of an issue maybe like the little pebble in your shoe they're around but they're not really impacting you at a significant level right so you 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 sort of foresee that this once we make this transition and and you're not 100 clear on the timeline right well it's funny in, in a message of i think it was last year i don't know months ago anyway metatron mentioned something about 28 he said party like it's 2028 and i'm like <laughs> are you telling me that we're actually going to have this shift and it's going to happen in 2028 he's like yeah could be I did an episode on the astrology of 2028, which is really I know I saw that and it was like, wow. You know, you know, you know how that happened? I'm getting chills right now. I was I was literally doing my spiritual practice, which I do every day. And it just came like 2028, 40%. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I just sort of stopped and went, what the hell does that mean? I had like, I don't like look ahead at every year for the next 10 years on at the astrology and stuff. So the next day, I just started looking at 2028, at the transits going on. And, it, and after a few minutes, I, I started to see this pattern emerge. And I'm just like, holy crap. So then it sat on my to-do list for several months before I actually published an episode on it, which I published fairly recently. It, there's, a, there's some incredible astrology that goes on at that time that is linked. It's linked to s s key events in the past that kind of led us to where we are now. So... Do you have any sense of what what you think might happen in 2028 in more detail? It's hard to say because Metatron informed me recently that in June we flipped into fourth dimension. And I'm like, really? I thought it was going to be something bigger that we'd actually be able to see oh. and feel. Well, the wait, wait a minute. That's a showstopper. June of last month? Yeah. We're, we're uh, uh, okay. <laughs> we're going off on tangents here, but, but wait a minute. So, there's so, a many to go on. <laughs> yeah, like a lot of stuff. Like I felt the huge shifts recently. Uh -huh. like, and people I've been talking to too are like, like, for example, 
for the past couple of weeks, I'll be like laying in bed until like four o'clock in the morning. I'm just wired. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, that's not normal for me. I'm just like wide awake. Like I had four cups of coffee at four o'clock in the morning. The downloads that you're getting have shifted there. The intensity, the texture even has changed. I noticed when I was channeling in, in June, I, I was doing my live event. It's like, whoa, this energy feels different. What's coming through me? It's like cotton candy and satin all put together. It was very strange. And I was just starting to feel it because it's not like they pop in and say, oh, by the way, you're now in fourth dimension. No, it, it evolves slowly. You start to feel it. You notice things are different. And then you ask questions. So then in July, he confirmed for me, yeah, you're already in fourth dimension. That's the great shift we've been anticipating. Wow. So it's interesting because uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Dolores Cannon, yes. but it, a lot of what a lot of the stuff that came through in her work st stated that that this uh, big timeline shift was going to occur in the early to mid 2020s, which is where we are right now, obviously, mm -hmm. right? So it, that aligns as well. Plus, uh, going back to the 2028 thing again, I recently did a little discussion which I posted uh, with Cindy uh and uh who's a psychic and she said that she felt that what i was because i've done a few episodes on the timeline of this myself and i was saying that things will really start to shift in 25 26 but then there's this major event in 28 and she uh agreed with my with my conclusions about that so it seems like we're looking in this what this next what is that to the next five years as being super critical and if if what you're saying is is accurate, which I, I'm not questioning you, about uh, June being this shifting point, um, that is like super important. Yes. And the thing is, so I, I'm saying to Metatron, this is so weird. I mean, shouldn't we feel something more? And he's he just shakes his head. He's like, no, it's more subtle than that. Your expectations were that it was going to be something big like the roller coaster. No, it's more subtle than that because you've got to adjust to it. Yeah. I, I mean, we were all expecting something quite dramatic. Yeah. And apparently that's just not how it works. So then I'm thinking, what about 2028? Is that going to be something dramatic? I don't know. We'll find out when we get there. But they will let us know in some way. We will feel the differences. So for those of us who are sensitive and feel these things, we can then inform others who haven't clued into it yet. They will start paying attention, which will then shift their reality. Because it's there for everybody, but you have to have a clue about it or some understanding so that you will step forward into it. Now, the dark ones, of course, are not doing that. They're holding back like boat anchors. They want to hold on to the past where they've been, where you know they're in charge. Right. They're scared to death of where we're going. And that's why it's amping up right now. That's why what's amping up right now? Their resistance, their fight against okay, us. Okay, yeah. Don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications to be alerted when part two of this conversation is published. I'll put links in the episode description to any related content. And if you're interested in a reading with me, I'll put a link to that as well. Many sincere thanks to everyone who supports me, especially my YouTube members. Thank you very much. Take care, all the best, and I'll talk to you again soon. Bye for now.